1: right this way.
0: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more
1: done.
0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
3: everything. The Volume.
1: The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get payouts in as fast as two hours. There's so many bet types. My favorite same-game parlay bets. There's live betting, player props, futures. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To get started now, sign up. Please use the promo code COLIN. C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel
2: Sportsbook makes it easy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Today, we have a mailbag episode. I had promised you guys that we would have that. So, to our loyal supporters and subscribers, as always, we thank you for tuning in and we thank you for submitting your questions. This should be a fun episode. By the way, I hope you sent in good questions, and I hope it just wasn't, like, nice questions. Like, if you got some tough questions, as you know, I'm not afraid of that shit. So, bring the questions. I'm excited about this episode. I hope you are as excited about this one as I am. Because, you know, I like to have the opportunity to talk my shh. Talk to me, Jackson. What we got?
4: Uh, Let's start with an easy one. Maybe not. What are your top three favorite jerseys of all
2: time? Ooh, top three favorite jerseys. Number one is the turquoise Pistons jersey, turquoise and maroon Pistons jersey with the little horse, as I called it. it, I called him a horse. Um, And I actually remember his name because going to the Pistons game, I'm drawing a blank on it. Hooper. Hooper. Hooper is his name. But that was the... uh, That was one of my favorite jerseys, in large part due to um, growing up in the state of Michigan and being a Grant Hill fan. So I always ask people this question um, when they say, like, yo, when you got to the NBA, were you starstruck? And I always tell them there were two people that I was starstruck by that I had the opportunity to play against. And I would always start with the first one being Kobe. Like, Obviously, we all know Kobe, no surprise. But I would always say, you never guess who the second one is, and no one ever gets it right. And it's actually Grant Hill for me. Uh, Grant Hill, when I was growing up, was like LeBron before LeBron, playing in those Pistons jersey. Grant Hill, come down, he hits you with the Hezzy and go. Grant Hill was incredible. And then obviously he had the injuries, but I was a huge fan of Grant Hill. I had the Feli Grant Hill shoes. And, and so that jersey was number one for me for sure. Number two for me had to be the um, growing up as a Shaq fan. I became a Kobe fan because I was a Shaq fan. Growing up, I loved the Orlando Magic because Shaq was on the team. So I liked Penny because Shaq was on the team. And then when Shaq went to the Lakers, he signed with the Lakers, I grew very, very, very fond of Kobe. And I obviously still love Shaq like Shaq's my all-time favorite player. I know you were expecting me to say the Orlando Magic jersey as my number 2, but it's actually when Shaq and Kobe were wearing the Minneapolis Lakers jerseys. That was my that is my second favorite jersey. That was insane. And when they pulled those out like it was just different, you know? And 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 so that's my number 2 and then my number 3 is The Michigan State jersey, I know you was expecting an NBA jersey, Nope, Spartan dogs. The Michigan State jersey, when when Mateen Cleese was there and they won a national championship, the Michigan State was drawn out. That's my third favorite jersey, although I could argue that that's my number one favorite jersey. But because y'all were expecting an NBA, I had to throw a monkey wrench in there. So those are my top three jerseys.
4: Next up from K, the actor, Carmelo or Durant in their prime, who is the better scorer? Scorer only.
2: Ooh, that's tough. Carmelo or Durant in their prime. Whew. Man, I feel like that's a pick'em. You know how you 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 go in um, sports betting and, and they had to pick'em. Like that's a pick'em. I guess I got to make the tough
3: decision or it's unfair, huh? That's kind of the game we're playing, yeah. (sighs) Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's a great question. That's a pick for sure. Wow. I've
2: won with both of those guys, so I was going to say I got to pick KD, because we, but, like, I
3: won gold medal with Melo. Golly, that's crazy. I'm going to go with Melo, and the reason
2: I'm going to go with Melo is because I grew up watching Melo score the basketball. Like, I grew up – like, Melo came to the league in 03. I was 13 years old. I grew up watching Melo get a bucket however you wanted it. You want mid-post work? First step, crazy. You want the straight block work? Fade away tough, and Melo will bully the hell out of somebody. You want the trade ball? We all know he can do that. He's just a three-point shooter for the USA team. And we know USA Olympic Melo is crazy. Get to the free throw line. <clears throat> the reason I'm going to go with Mello is actually this in specific. It's something that he did when I was playing against him. We were playing against him at the guard and it had to be my first or second year in the league. And Melo caught the ball in the post. He faced up on me, put his shoulder into my chest. I may have fouled him a little bit, maybe not. And he went through my chest and I got the stop. He missed. I maybe fouled him, maybe not. He turned around to the referee, called a fucking foul. And we go back down the court. Come back down. He did the exact Same move the next play. And made the referee call a foul. And the reason why that's such a big deal to me is because as a scorer, you, like, you go into slumps, you have bad shooting nights. And the one thing that breaks score slumps can be a free throw. And just knowing that Melo could get to the free throw line like that, that's why I'm going to pick Melo. But, man, that's a pick for real.
3: That's can you go wrong with either one? I don't think so. Next up from
4: Caleb Smith 12. What is your all-time favorite Steph and Clay moment?:
2: My all-time favorite Steph and Clay moment. Oh man. like like Steph and Clay together or just Steph moment, Clay moment.
4: Mm, Let's go Steph moment and Clay moment separately.
2: Steph moment, my my all-time favorite Steph moment was game four of this year's finals. It's just like you saw something different. You saw that he wasn't going to allow us to lose. Like you just, like, it was different. So I got to pick that moment. I feel like that was the biggest moment in Steph's career. He lived up to the hype delivered so i gotta go that moment for steph and for clay my all-time um favorite clay moment was um when he went for 60 through three quarters because it's it that game is a complete microcosm of who clay thompson is he did not come to practice the day before missed practice he didn't like and clay's like he he woke up late And now the way our fine system works when you lay late for practice is it's not that much more if you miss as opposed to if you lay, late, if any at all. And so Clay's like, oh, I'm late. Go back to bed. Don't come to practice. And then the next day, it's like his his way of making it right. He comes out. He has 60 and three quarters. That has to be my all-time favorite moment because that is actually Clay and his attitude. It's a big fuck you. Like, yep, was I wrong? Possibly. But this is how I'm going to make it Fuck, uh, just a big fuck you. And I've seen him do that numerous times. Like, up, Clay was late. Up, Clay missed. He going to make it right the next day. And that was major, so I got to go with the 60.
4: From Marcus Rainsford, do you think if you played in the 80s, you'd still have won a defensive player of the year?
2: If I played in the 80s, would I still have won a defensive player of the year? I think so. Um, defense is defense, and 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 I'm a DPOY. So whether I want it in the '80s or 2000s, baby, that list is the same. Who's was his name? Uh,
4: that was Marcus Rainsford.
2: Marcus. Me and um, <clears throat> me and Dennis Rodman on the same list. Whether I go in the '80s or the 2000s or the 2020s,
3: same list. Let's go with an easy one from—I
4: don't know how to pronounce this—but OJ Asrana. What do y'all do in the plane rides between games, and who do you sit with?
2: I sit with Clay and Steph. Uh, we sit at this little table away from everybody else. No, I'm just playing, but we do sit at this table in kind of a different section. But it's just the way the plane break down. But um and we talk sometimes we sleep sometimes um clay is very childish so clay like throw stuff at people like skittles and popcorn and, and then like do the whole close his eyes thing and act like one of us do it like that's clay so you get a little glimpse of sitting with clay but i think um you know we we have a ton of different conversations sometimes we used to play poker but once Zaza left, we, we, we well, actually, Johnny West. But we don't have a fourth poker player. So we used to play poker. We don't do that anymore. Every now and then now, uh, Clay and I play dominoes whenever Clay. Clay has the attention span of a two-year-old, though. So he can only really sit for one game of dominoes. In fact, if you guys watch this, if you got Clay's Twitter, you can hit him up and remind him that he owed me $3,000. And I accept cash, app. Yeah. I don't have Venmo, but I do have Apple Pay. I also have Zelle. Y'all can remind him he owed me $3,000. I'd appreciate it.
4: From Emma Swan, what does the perfect off day look like for you?
2: Emma, the perfect off day for me is is getting a massage. And a perfect off day for me is, is, is falls on a Sunday during football season getting a massage and watch sunday football nfl football sundays all day that is the perfect off day for me it doesn't get much better than nfl sundays the best so that's my perfect off day
4: from mark since 1986 which active player other than yourself would you like to see launch a new media career
2: Mark, which active player would I like to see launch a new media career? Well, number one, you got to live up to the new media standards. And just because you're a player don't mean you live up to those standards. And I think that's a common misconception. So I'm going to keep reminding y'all, just because you're a basketball player does not mean you're a part of the new media. It's not how this thing works. It's the way you go about your business. It's the way you talk about this sport. Can you analyze this sport? Is someone learning The sport when they're listening to you? Are you willing to pay respect when respect is due? Are you are you willing to admit you're wrong when you're wrong? Or do you hide from being wrong? Those are just a few characteristics of the new media. What you should know is just because you play sports and we've seen it, (laughs) just because you play basketball, we've seen it, does not mean you're a part of this new media. So now in saying that, um, the one guy I would like to see come come on board and be a part of new media, um, and that's an NBA player, correct?
4: Yeah, I'd say an NBA player.
2: Uh, an NBA player that I would love to see
3: just embrace it and be a part of the new media is Anthony Edwards. Because he has irrational confidence. He says whatever the hell comes to his mind, which I can appreciate. He's funny,
2: charismatic, and did you see Hustle? Like, he got it. He just got it. Like, some people just got it. Like, he got it. So, and there are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
0: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
4: podcast. Kenny hours. That's a good one. From Ambitious Youngin, what younger player reminds you of you the most?
2: The younger player that reminds me of me the most?
3: Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm I'm one one, baby. Ain't no carbon copies. It's an interesting one. Ooh. The one player that reminds me the most of me as a young guy. I'm going to have to go with... uh... That is a good one. That's a good one. You know why? Because I don't I <clears throat> I think there there's so many
2: layers to that. You know like um like yeah, you may be able to pass the ball at my size or at my position, but do you lead? Like you may lead, but do you defend? You know, um If you defend, do you have a high IQ? Like, so I don't know. I just think that's such a a multi-layered thing.
3: And I think the sauce is in putting it all together. So if I had to pick one young player
2: that reminds me of me, see, and and then the, the issue I also have is because you can say one guy and because, like, the collective basketball IQ of of basketball fans is sometimes so low. They'll be like, oh, but he shoots better. Or like, uh, he dribbled different. And it's like, yeah, you're kind of missing the entire point. But if I had to pick one guy that reminds me of me,
3: I'm going to have to go with... um, in a much different way, John ja Morant.
2: I ain't bowing down to none of y'all. I don't care what you've accomplished before I got here. That has absolutely nothing to do with me. I believe in myself and my abilities. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to lead. I'm going to talk to you and let you know about it while I'm doing
3: it. I'm going to carry others with me. And. And most importantly, I'm going to do it my way.
2: And, I, and, and, and all of those things that I just named, I see Ja Morant do. Now, does that mean Ja Morant and me are the same player? We're nowhere near the same player. But that's what reminds me of a, a, a lot of me.
4: Let's do from 757 Demand, who's a non-superstar that you sometimes have trouble guarding.
2: Non-superstar that I have trouble guarding my whole career is Taj Gibson. I feel like everyone in their career has one guy that is a damn good basketball player, but to the world, you just think like, oh, man, like he does X, Y, and Z, or X, or whatever. Or in your mind, you may not think like, oh, man, he's a superstar. And I think for me, that person has always been Taj Gibson. I played Taj Gibson in college. I was a freshman, and it was his last year of school. I'm not sure which year of college he was, but I know it was his last year of school. And then he went to the NBA draft. And our starting center, Goran Sutan got in foul trouble. And so I came off the bench, and I had to guard Taj, and I was locking that shit up. And now, Taj, I don't know if y'all remember Taj at USC, but Taj at USC was serious. By the way, Taj had a, still playing, it's had an incredible NBA career. But Taj at USC was different. And I went in, chubby, pudgy freshman, and I was locking it up. And I felt like, and and that game was, uh, you might have heard it with DeMar. That game was, the DeMar and Taj played together, for those of y'all that don't remember. That was their last college game. And I kind of, Made it a little tough on Taj. I was fronting. I was doing the whole thing, mixing the coverages up and everything. And <clears throat> I think Taj remembered that because every chance he got to play against me after that, he would destroy me. I remember my second year, and I'm never asking for no switch. I ain't asking for no double team. You're just going to have to destroy me. That's just what it's going to be. I had to switch with Jermaine O'Neal. And I couldn't stop Taj and I knew it. I'm like, this dude got my number. I can't quite stop him. And Jermaine O'Neill had to guard him. So that 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 guy for me, non superstars, Taj Gibson for sure. That was a great answer.
4: From Ivan the Boy, how do you feel about being viewed as a villain at times from other fan bases?
2: Ivan, uh being viewed as the villain. Uh I wear it as a badge of honor. Um Because if if I sucked the way people like to say I do, then I wouldn't be a villain. No one would care. Um, But you know what? I think it's pretty incredible. I'll tell you, I have been getting treated like the villain for a long time. And then it stopped. You know why it stopped? Because we was getting our asses kicked and no one cared. The fact that we're back winning and I'm a champion everywhere I've been this summer, I've gotten booed. I went to the Drew League, got booed, went to this other, but everywhere I fucking go. I was at the Ryan Garcia fight. They like showing boo. Like, I just expect it at this point. I think it's funny and I look forward to it at this point. But um, how do I feel about being the villain? I don't give two fucks
3: at all. It is what it is. Um, it's so a sign of respect. Ask the Celtics fan. They ain't
2: wanna give it Jackson though. Look, look, Jackson, like, oh my God, he's talking about us. Like, yeah. Ask them. It's a beautiful thing. I wear it with honor.
4: Gonna move on from that one. Uh C twenty four Jordans asks, Have you ever had an argument with Steph or Clay? And how did you guys handle that?
2: I had a million arguments with, with Steph and Clay. Honestly, we haven't had a ton of arguments because it's just not kind of how the personalities match up um i usually do most of the yelling most of the times they'll usually ignore me to the point where if one of them if one of them is yelling and or if i'm yelling and then one of them yell back i don't really i I, i'm not going to get into a screaming match with one of them so at the point that i say something and they disagree, and they say something back. Then they say something back, and that just is what it is. We keep pushing. Like we're not just about to sit there and like scream and yell back and forth at each other. That's just not how we roll. So um, I usually do majority of the talking. Most of the time, it either leads to us having a conversation and discussing what I think, what they think, and how we can figure it out. If it's in a heated battle, a heat of the moment situation, and I'm like Clay, stop shooting the ball, and he fucking cuss and yell back then we just keep pushing. I, I run on and he run on. Or if I say something to Steph and he get mad and snap back every two blue moons, then he said something back and I just run off and go on about my day. So not much. We don't argue much at all. Um, it's just
4: not really what we do. From David Lee J., who are your favorite NBA players to watch? Besides Steph, of course.
2: David Lee. Is this like
4: D. David Lee? It's it's now it's David <laughs> with an L Y, David Lee.
2: Oh, David Lee. Oh, oh I thought you was like D David Lee. Um, who's my favorite NBA player to watch besides Steph?
3: My favorite NBA player to watch besides Steph is Luca. Luca different. Then I mean. The way he sees the floor, score the basketball, get to his spot, his pace. It's Luca for sure. From. I don't know how to, how to pronounce this one. What was the
4: biggest lesson you learned from Coach Izzo? Was it basketball related or life related?
2: Uh, <clears throat> I think the biggest lesson I learned from Coach Izzo and be doing a disservice to to give one because the reality is is the person that he helped shape me he helped shape me into on and off the court I can never thank him enough um but I think the one thing that he taught me um I'll go with two of them the two things that he taught me and they they both matter on and off the court is number 1 in order to be great at anything, you have to be a great self-evaluator. Because if you can't evaluate yourself, if someone else can evaluate you better than you can evaluate you, there's a cap of how great you can be. And so he always taught me the importance of self-evaluation. And, like, you know, I walk in as a freshman, like, Coach, I'm working hard. He like, are you out of your mind? Like, you're not working hard. Look at this, 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 and this. You'd be like, Draymond, you have to learn how to self-evaluate. You have to know how to self-evaluate. And so for me, that was big. And I learned how to self-evaluate to the point to where I can come in the media and be like, I played awful. And y'all look like, ah, he didn't play that bad. Like, no, I played awful. But I'm always going to evaluate myself way tougher than anyone else is going to evaluate me. And I'm going to be honest with myself. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with anyone else. I'm going to be honest with me. And so that was number one and number two the importance of hard work like how to work hard I think coach what coach Izzo taught me is not that hard work was important but he actually taught me what hard work was what it meant to actually work hard and for me again that's another one of those things that that matters that matters in my relationship that matters in being a father like that matters in basketball that matters in this podcast and business like the importance of hard work and And how to actually work hard. And like, I think sometimes, like, some things could be overkill. But as, like, in knowing how to work hard, there's no such thing as overkill, you know? So you may look at it and be like, ah, you don't have to do that. But like, that's how I've been taught. That's what I know. And so I think those two things for me, they both apply to on the court and off the court. And I wouldn't be the person I am sitting in front of you without those two lessons.
4: Do one more basketball one, then a couple non basketball ones. This one's tough. From Luis underscore the process, who is your all-time starting five? Now, I'm not
2: asking your best, the best five players, the
4: starting five lineup.
2: It's my all-time starting five is Shaq at
3: the five and Steph at the one. Um, LeBron James at... I got LeBron James at the three. Now, again, this is where the errors and stuff gets tricky
2: because what era of basketball am I talking about? But I'm just going to talk basketball in the sense of who I think will make a great five. Steph at the one, uh, Shaq
3: at the five, LeBron at the three, Timmy D at the four, and... Did you think I was going to go anyone other than MJ as a two? You got to be out of your mind. Although,
2: I must say, Kobe was very close second. Very close second for me in my start five.
4: You took your uh, sweet time giving Michael Jordan the last spot.
2: It's the two spot. You say the best for last, right? That's what they say? That's what they say.
4: All right, couple more. Um, let's go. Who is your favorite Bay Area rapper, Dead or Alive?
2: My favorite Bay Area rapper, 40. 40 Wilder, of course. No doubt. 40 The Legend.
4: Last one, top five favorite TV series of all time.
2: Whoa, top five favorite TV series of all time. Martin? Of course, Martin. I think that's the greatest show ever. I'm not a big, big TV guy, so like... You know, like people believe Sopranos, like I've never seen it. Um, oh, go crazy. You never seen Sopranos. Nope. I can't. I it's tough for me sitting and watching a TV show. Martin. Um, Power, no particular order. Power was incredible. 50 Cent is amazing. I saw 50 Cent perform at Drace the other day, and by the way, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you, I just didn't think it was gonna be good. Why? I don't know like you start to see like like rapping isn't 50s number one thing anymore it hasn't been for 15 years or 10 years or whatever like it's not his number one thing so when you speak of keeping the main thing the main thing like that was once 50s main thing it's probably not even his third most important thing main thing today and so in thinking of that i'm like 50 don't like he don't really rap anymore like 50s De- destroying our TV screens like so I'm like this probably won't be that good it's one of the best shows I've seen in my life like it was and it was at Drace like it's a club but it was just amazing how like 50 could like like how he could captivate the crowd and just like get the crowd moving and like the lineups of the songs like it was incredible and um what he's doing in TV it's like unheard of like when you look at When you look at the things that he's doing in TV and like the jobs that he's creating, like all this, like it's amazing
3: what 50 Cent is doing. And so, power for sure. Um, I think uh, Breaking Bad was a great one for me.
2: I watched, I did watch all of Breaking Bad. Absolutely incredible show. Um, for all you out there. Like, Game of Thrones? I've never seen Game of Thrones. Um, I have one for you that everyone says the best I haven't seen yet either. And I, everybody's probably like, you should have been seeing that or whatever. I've never seen The Wire. You think about when all of those shows came out, like, the only thing that I watched at that time in my life was Sports Center and basketball and football. Like, I... Wasn't about to sit and watch a show. Like, it's a basketball game on. or I'm going to watch an old basketball game. And so, like, even the shows that I'm speaking of, like, I, except Martin. Like, I've watched them later in my life. The Waynes Brothers is definitely one for me, too. I grew up on Martin and the Waynes Brothers, so it's hard for me to cut that out. And my fifth one I also grew up on is the Jamie Foxx show. Like, Jamie Foxx is one of the most talented human beings on planet Earth. I mean, Jamie Foxx is insane. Who seen, does comedy, can rap, he can act. Like, what can't Jamie Foxx do? One of the most talented individuals we've ever seen. And this man had an incredible show. They had one place they used to be in the hotel. That was the only set. I mean, they stepped outside every blue moon. They, like, went to a house. It was in a hotel the whole time. Like Jamie Foxx is incredible. So I know my five shows may not be what you expected, but that's my five. Your five can be your five. That's my five.
4: I I lied. We actually have one more question. I saved this one for last. From Mr. Baker85.
3: How bad was that missed call in the final four against Butler? That was crazy. Mr. Baker. I still can't believe they missed that call. I mean, that was a
2: clear-cut foul if I've ever seen one in my life. Cost me a national championship. However, I was like two for seven from the free throw line that game. So it's no game. But I would have hit one of the two. Like, money time, I was hitting one of the two to at least tie the game up, and now they got to throw a he. That was ridiculous. Unbelievable. I still can't believe they missed that call. No one's held accountable. That's crazy. Like, I should really be sitting here, a high school champion, a college national champion, an NBA champion, and a gold medalist. And some terrible-ass referee robbed me of that opportunity. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. But you saved a lot of people having to hear what I just named, because that should be me. But that's it. That's a wrap on this episode from the mailbag. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Until next time. Peace.
1: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals